All right. Hello and welcome to Above the Clouds, the Angel City podcast with two homies from the upper deck. I'm Jeremy Rist. And I'm Kyle Scoble. We're your co-hosts who review the home games and talk about everything related to the club's inaugural season. What's going on, Kyle? Man, it's been highs, it's been lows. It's been, it's been wild <laughs> since we last spoke. It has been a wild ride. So where is, is this falling at, at a low or are we... Uh... Oh, man. I mean, yes, but at the same time, I feel like we... I think it's hard to really act surprised with Sunday. It is. I think the As, one thing that's making me feel closer to a low than than anything is that I know that, you know, playing this racing Louisville team, so for the for the listeners again here, we we just lost three to one to racing Louisville. The second worst team in the league. Second worst team in the league who didn't have their top score. Yeah. And their best like midfielder tore her ACL last week. Yeah. I, not even a team. Yeah. Yeah. And she's their top scorer too. Oh, oh, I didn't even, I, I was assuming you meant Lynn Williams, but she was out from so early in the season. There's no way she was their top scorer. Oh, hilarious. No, I didn't even, I thought Nadim was, I mean, I just kind of learned her name this, this season because she yeah. was playing doctor well and Nadia Nadim. Doctor. <laughs> um, so that's kind of like who I was concerned with yeah. you know, coming into this game. And then and she wasn't you know, there and it was like, sweet. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, you look at that game on paper, and of course, like the game isn't played on paper, but like that looked like a fucking win. Like we're coming home, you know. The crowd was awesome. Must win. Who do you want? One of the worst teams in the league. Coming off one of our better performances. Yeah, coming off one of our better performances. You know, it, that's. I think that's where it really becomes disappointment, and it's a low. Is like, man, the last game really felt different. Like not just a yeah. win, but like it felt different in how we won, and yeah. to really revert back to p- most of the issues, I feel like the fan base has is just like fucking a guys, come on. Yeah, um, gonna help us out with this episode though. It is uh, this episode. We're back to the spice. We <laughs> we struggled with the good performance, and then we got this. So, <laughs> all right, now we're ready. Uh, I know so. we're ready for the good performances. <laughs> no. Oh, but man. yeah, no, I think I think this is a microcosm of the season as a whole. I really yeah. I really do. Hot start that looked good. Um and granted I think, you know, maybe most games we don't give up the lead until the second half. But um going into halftime down two one, it was kind of shell shocked a little bit around the stadium, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as soon as they scored that first one. I think there was a collective like groan in the crowd yeah, um, because it was like, I think at that point we had had our two goals called back. At least one. I think one of them was in the second half. One of them. Okay. One of them was in the second half. Um, but at least one of them had been called back. Well, and like, as we've gone throughout the season and like, you know, one of the things I've learned trying to record these podcasts is like, I do have to watch the game back on TV because there are just kind of details and things that go missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. From, you know, from watching the game live. Totally. Um, totally. And, and I did feel like we got hosed and I felt like we got robbed on a couple of those. But when I watched, the, watched them back, I don't know if anything was too controversial. Um, you For know, me, the controversy comes with 
the the PK they got. That's the most controversial? Well, I think what it does is that feels like a soft PK for me, and that feels like the standard is now that's what a PK is in this game. And I feel like we had some moments later in the game that were just as much of a foul as that one that went uncalled. Now, I think all of them are not fouls in the grand scheme of the thing, but when a ref calls a foul, they've now set the standard that that's what the players can expect in that game to be called a foul, right? Oh man, you are uh, I mean preaching to the choir like I you know, we can we can really just like go to my Twitter by the way if you're listening at Jeremy Wrist. Um we would love to be connecting with you guys in the off season. Kyle, yours is Scoble Vision. S C O B as in boy L E Vision. Um and uh yeah, we we try to keep the angry tweeting to a minimum and let that mm-hmm. um come out in the podcast, which is the best forum for that. Um, but sometimes your boy can't help it, you know. Gotta and let it like, out. I was pissed about us not getting some PK calls, and it's a, a problem I've noticed in the NWSL and the mm-hmm. MLS specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with no VAR, I mean the 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 PK calls, yeah, MLS at least has VAR. Like they at least have that going, you know. Yeah, and I think that's for sure going to be coming to NWSL. Um, it has to be. I don't know if it's right around the corner or what, but I mean, like, I'll I'll be honest and like, please don't hate me for this. Like, I did not think that PK call was kind of like the bad call, but it's just so hypocritical mm-hmm. to be getting like a call like that when you can go to my tweets and see like Savannah McCaskill getting football tackled from behind in the box. Yeah, and like that's hard for them to call. Yeah, well, like she yeah. was right on top of this one, and really definitive and decisive with this. When like Paige Nielsen is like virtually on top of the ball, <laughs> and and the man too. So it is a tough like kind of bang bang type of like play. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't think I didn't even think Louisville thought that that was like a for sure kind of PK. Like their yeah. player went down in the box, and it was kind of like an awkward stumble. Totally. Almost more than it was like a clear PK. And I think that gets at the heart of it. I think players don't really know what to expect. And there's that inconsistency across the board Mm -hmm. that makes it really hard to play hard as a player when you're not sure if a tackle is going to be a foul one one week versus the next. Yeah. Yeah. It it gets in your head. um, Yeah. Inevitably. So... Yeah, because you're playing the game and you're like, oh, there's a significant amount of kind of leeway if I'm in the box. I could go in hard, mm-hmm. you know, judged on like how they've been calling it all season. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're calling it differently in, in like the last couple of games of the season. We're going to be doing real tight stuff in the box. Yeah. I mean, like you, you just want referees to be consistent across the board. And mm-hmm. the lack of consistency is absolutely like maddening. Um, it really, really is. But let's go to that play in the sixth minute when, um, you know, of course, this has been like wiped from the highlights too. Another one of my issues is like bad calls or kind of like controversial plays just get wiped from the highlights mm-hmm. um, on these NWSL YouTubes or halftime shows or, you know, post game recaps or whatever. But right, right. Ricaro gets up and kind of like at the same time hits like ball and goalie and -hmm. like the ball goes in and they say that the goalie like has possession of that and that she didn't you know really get the ball I guess is why they like took that goal away what did you think about that call 
Yeah, it's tough. I'm like of the belief that goalies get protected too much. Um, like I think a forward or not even a forward. I think someone on offense should be able to go up and try to win a header against a goalkeeper. The goalkeeper can use their hands. And if they still allow someone with their head to get the ball, then like, I think the goalkeeper fucked up and that's not inherently a foul the way it's called in the game. Man, and this it's it's just so frustrating because like fucking racing Louisville had luck on their side and they're not the ones that needed this so badly. Yeah. And like, why is the luck on their side? Like their goalie multiple times. Like I totally agree with that, with what you were saying there. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's another play in the game where the, their goalie's like batting the ball backwards towards her own goal, you know, and it's mm. like on the goal line and like they're clearing it off and stuff and like I mean, she's just out here making terrible plays. Like she went up for that ball and like did not have a great plan. Didn't get a good jump (laughs) on it. Kind of like collided into, I'm pretty sure it was Ricaro at the same time. Totally. And like, that just seems to me like a 50, 50 ball. Like if you see a player jump up and she's got her eyes on the goalie, not on the ball collides with the goalie. And like, there's a loose ball because of that. I would say yes. Foul. Totally. Yeah. But like if she's looking at the ball and jumps up and kind of hits the arms of the goalie as mm-hmm. she's going to kind of make a play, like the correct play there for the goalie is to punch the ball out or exactly. swat the ball out. If you don't have the space and the ability to really like make that catch, then like yeah. it's a 50-50 ball. Like exactly. To your point, they have the use of their hands. Exactly. Yeah. I, I've always struggled with that. And so when goals get called back in this way, it's just so frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I hate that. Um, but and all then, right. So, all right, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, the other thing was, I can't remember a game we've given up like two goals in five minutes like we did in this game. Yeah. I, and it's I, hard for me to even really remember that that was that they were so quick. But yeah, I guess yeah, because I was yeah. just looking back at the stats and I was like, dang, their first goal wasn't until the 37th minute. And we definitely went into halftime losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we went into halftime pretty demoralized I, I mean i think we were joking like well the halftime speech is gonna have to be fiery yeah um yeah but then not much changed in the second half and then at the end of the game they put in a like brutal insurance goal really mm-hmm. reminded me of the um tobin heath goal yeah yeah like wasn't yeah. it like i mean it was Far basically post. like exactly the same yeah. i'm pretty sure it was scored like on the same side of the field Right. Like player took it down and kind of like hit it on the one hop volley. It was like exactly similar to totally. the open goal call. of just like putting an ex- exclamation on. And it, and in that sense, it did feel kind of like a return to worst times in the season, mm-hmm. kind of worst performances. It was literally a callback. Yeah. You know, for our last home game there. And I think like to me, it left me kind of feeling like I was like, all right, yeah you know, we're the team that's been ravaged by injury yeah, and everything. And like, I, I want to kind of use that as a crutch and use that as our get out. But like, what were we just talking about at the beginning of this episode? They didn't have their star players either, mm-hmm. you know? So this was kind of a fair match. Like, I mean, we're ahead of them in the standings. There, yeah, there's really say, no reason we shouldn't have gotten this W. Like oh, we totally. needed to get this W. Totally. No reason. And it's like, we are injury ravaged, but like, we actually haven't gotten that many new injuries recently, <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, this core went on this road trip yeah. and like came back and yeah. yeah, I mean like they like 
we're, we're playing the four one three two, the four four two, whatever it's you like want to call third it. Game, a third game like, with this exact starting lineup and formation, right? And like, um, and yeah, we had just played so well with it. So I, it's not like I think it's not really necessary for us to kind of do the what ifs and the mm-hmm. and the you know, let's just kind of analyze the game as 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 it was because yeah, I think. We we had a really good shot at this. Like before the game started, we should have we felt really confident, and we should have felt felt confident. Totally, totally. Um, so let's look at this starting lineup. So again, we have Didi who held it down the entire season. Um, played great. This this game I felt less great about. I mean, she didn't. I know the last time we had said like I don't think goalies are supposed to save PKs, obviously, but right. she. She didn't come close on yeah. this PK. She went the complete wrong way. And I thought the first goal going near side, I mean, it was hit from pretty close range. Yeah, but it was kind I of just tight never really too. love seeing like a, a short side goal getting, yeah, getting scored. I just feel like near protect your near post. Is, is like no if they're going to beat you to the far post, okay. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this girl just kind of ripped it from from pretty close range. I think she more went with power than she did anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, but I would still love to see Didi make a play on that. I'm just, I feel like that was kind of a savable. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think you're incorrect to, to say like the top keepers make that save. Um, okay. Um, and then, you know, Reed Nielsen, I mean, they played pretty well, um, but giving up three goals is not good. Um, <laughs> Spencer, I thought, played pretty well. Riley was pretty quiet this game. I really didn't feel like we saw the attack coming down the left as like stringently as we had. Yeah, I think as um, a whole, it was like weird because like it felt like Louisville definitely felt like they had the more energy. Yeah, yeah, they did look look a more energetic side. Yeah, which is wild because their season's done. Like they yeah. can't make the playoffs. Yeah. So sorry, no, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but I was just like, kind of realizing that across the board, really, just didn't feel like a high energy moment for Angel City. I mean, I guess maybe we chalk that up to the pressure, um, like getting to the players and them kind of tightening right. up. I guess a little bit. I I think another tough thing is when you get that one early goal and you're sitting on it. You know, even like when I watch back the the broadcast on on TV, mm-hmm. you know, they're talking if this result stands, if this result stands, if yeah. this result stands, and we're up one nothing, and if Angel City wins this, and you know, just thinking ahead so much, you know, right. with that really really soft one goal lead. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that was a two goal lead, I felt like maybe we could be going as soft as we were, but there was kind of this like, okay, we did just enough. Yeah. Like if we can just hang on to this. And I think that attitude was pervasive across a lot of our worst performances. Yeah. This season is that kind of like, oh, we did, we, we got one goal. We did just enough to like technically be somehow able to like win this. And how many times do we see late goals? How many times do we see second half comebacks? You know, Exactly. It's like if there's one team that should not be okay with a one goal lead, it should be this team. <laughs> right. And it's got to come from the players on the field. Like, I totally. would, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, like, is there something Freya could do to maybe change the formation or put in a different substitute? But, mm-hmm. you know, we would blast her if she had gone offensive subs 
up one nothing. Yeah. Right. In the yeah. first half. You know totally. what I mean? But like something needed to change on that dynamic on the field. Totally. Um, towards the end of the first half, you know, you could feel it getting pretty stale and stagnant. Um, you know, overall with the game, we did outshoot them. Yeah, we did um, actually. <laughs> we be, we almost doubled them in shots, 19 to 10. Seven of ours are on target to their six. Um you know, pass accuracy, we beat them. We had more corner kicks, six to three. We had more um, possession even. We had more possession. I mean, we we were we were certainly like taking it to them. Um man, it's just yeah, it's tough to that's just a tough result to it's, it's it to is stomach, man. It's it tough. is. Cause it's like this is, you know, you want to see growth over this season and like Irregardless of the playoffs, having this type of a game and getting the business done would have been a great growth moment for a first-year club. Yeah, and you know, someone, I mean, yeah, someone, you, you just needed somebody to step up and really mm -hmm. kind of like, like, you know, take this moment. And I felt, I saw Claire Emsley, I felt like trying to be that, mm -hmm. but I was really unimpressed with the final decision-making um, from her. I mean, I think she was kind of going too much hero ball to me. Um, right. A thing we've criticized players of in the past is this like, you know, shooting when you should be looking to pass, passing mm -hmm. when you should be looking to shoot. I mean, with Emsley, it was more shooting when you should be looking to pass, like was, right. was the issues I ended up having with her decision-making. But um, I think that was also the same case with, with a lot of people. Like our decision-making in the final third, especially in that second half, was was not good enough. Um, and I think me. it really gets exasperated by... Exasperated. Exasperated? No, you, you did it. Okay. <laughs> you had it. Uh, we're recording this Tuesday morning for the record, y'all. <laughs> so we can, we're still waking up. Um, you can smell the coffee breath. and You can smell the coffee breath and dog breath over here. Uh, but our lack of possession and our inability to move the ball forward easily and regularly puts a lot of pressure on the few moments we do get it forward, you know? And yeah. I think that's where Emsley's like, I don't know the next time I'm going to get the chance or a ball. Yeah, and so totally. I, I yeah. need to try to do something here, which is like, I get that. But at the same time, you know, it's just, again, it's about reading the moment and, and knowing when. And Claire's still young. So part of that I chalk up to just being a young player trying to impact the game and just, you know, getting kind of the blinders on, but she definitely missed some opportunities to, to pass it. Okay, cool. So you would agree with that? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I definitely agree. Uh, I definitely agree. And I'm, I'm signaling her out because I just have more snapshot memories of kind of like her. And I think the thing that was frustrating me with it is like, they weren't even like particularly like hard hit shots. Mm-hmm you know, or whatever. It was kind of just kind of mm -hmm. like, well, let's not just like give away possession here. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I'd still rather hold the ball for, for a better opportunity than just kind of like taking the first one and not mm -hmm. really getting a whole lot on it and like not really testing the goalie. Totally. Yeah. Our inability to kind of recycle, we're, we're very, um, uh, like counterattack heavy with, I think, our opportunities and our goals. And that's fine. But we also have to have the ability to recycle the ball and like move it around when they do stop us or like get in front of us. 
because uh, if you only score on the break, it's just it, that becomes very easy to defend. Well, damn it, dude. I mean that. Like we had done so good the last game of like yeah. finally getting crosses in and like yeah. getting a header <laughs> right? goal. Um, we bring Simone Charlie on again, like the same sub for Spencer to do that little kind of like formation switch where Endo comes back and Riley goes over. Uh, exactly like last game. What well, can break down that formation switch? So what happens? Well, when I guess Charlie actually the formation on? doesn't really change, but they kind of put Charlie on for Spencer. And then I think they push McCaskill back to the midfield, and then they push Endo to left back, and then Riley from left back to right back. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, which is an interesting one, because <laughs> it's a lot of swapping around. Um, but they did that last game, too, when they brought Charlie on for, okay. for Spencer. Well, I mean, and obviously they tried again, because it, 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 it worked so well. Yeah. Um, I just, like, I'm looking at that, zoomed out and I'm just kind of like why would you put Riley's great foot great left foot on the right side yeah and like McCaskill seems to do so much better with the space that she gets at forward rather than the space she gets at midfield and you know endo at left back just always feels weird to me <laughs> yeah like it's kind of like three swaps that are like oh really for one that's like yeah. yeah okay you know that's good yeah so yeah, that sub is always and a weird I mean, one to me. And frustratingly too, it's like, did you Especially feel when you like... have Lucy off the bench who can just do a straight swap for Spencer and still be very offensive. So Yeah, then you get fresh legs and the whole and everything still keeps its shape, you know, yeah. everything that you've been kind of working on. And I was gonna say, like, did you really feel like Spencer's fresh legs came or um sorry, Charlie's fresh legs came on? And like yeah, she, made a difference. Like, did she, she actually make really, long runs? She actually really didn't impact this game like she has. Even in the past where she hasn't scored, she still kind of impacted. Made a run at one point. Yeah, yeah or like had yeah. some chances that like created some dicey moments, right? Um, she like was always able to do that. And I really don't remember her doing much at all this game. Yeah. And then sadly, our other subs. So then uh, at the 75th minute, we bring on Lucy for Ricaro. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we bring on Swaby then all of a sudden for <laughs> Danny Weatherholt, and it's like, Oof. I think you so, know we've been calling for that obviously like all season. I think they went three in the back then at that point. Yeah, so that was like a clear formation change there, but that was just like hail mary pass kind of at that point, and then we ended yeah. up giving up the third goal after we switched formations right down Swaby's side. Yeah, I know that was tough. We like sp we like totally talked her up last step about how she's like too good to be riding the bench, and then she comes on. <laughs> Get her out of here! Yeah, no, that's a tough. That's a, that's such a hard position as a player to be put in to get like no minutes all season, and then to come on for like the last fifteen of like the must win game of the season. Yeah, down and goal. I mean, while the passing and and the attack certainly came down her side, I didn't feel like it was like dreadful defending on mm -hmm. her part that led to that i just felt like you know that's kind of unfortunate to be i mean she's on an island a little bit like trying to defend right. two players and getting passed around um right and uh but yeah i mean would we love to see her make a play on that and like not let them just kind of like get to the end line and get across in i would say yeah absolutely yeah, you yeah know, definitely very definitely. much hoping that something had happened there but um 
Yeah, this was tough. I mean, I I felt like I'm looking at the lineup trying to see who made an impact in this game. And and Lebahan was actually kind of one of our better players. I'm gonna look up those stats and see who what the ratings were for that game. Font Mob has her as the highest rated Angel City player. I'm not surprised. I was gonna yeah. say I felt like she was the most active. She came in at seven point like, nine, McCaskill came in at seven point seven. And then Riley came in at 7.3, and everyone else is below seven grades for yeah. Angel City, which feels about right. Yeah, no, that feels right. Who was our worst rated player? Um, Didi, 5.9. That's a little bit tough, I feel like, because goalies are always going to get screwed in like three goal games, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for field players, um, it's Paige Nielsen at 6.3. Because mm, she gave up the PK. Yeah. And then Danny Weatherhold at 6'5 and Reed at 6'6. Six, six. So, you know, our three lowest field players wow. are right in the middle and in the back, pretty much. Wow, dude. And just like our strongest players all season. Yeah, like our most dependable. Rock are, I mean, are definitely most dependable. Danny and Reed. Yeah. Those two have really been our rocks this whole season. Man, that's crazy. It's a bummer. Um, all right. Well, real quick, final thoughts on this before we take a break and get into the second half here. <clears throat> um, Angel City, Louisville, three to one. Go, Kyle. It sucks. I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat this. In a lot of ways, this is like the last nail in the coffin on the season. You know, we lose the ability to control our our uh, playoff destiny, but at the same time this is a game the squad is going to look back on and grow from. And there's going to be moments next season and the season after that we can point to this game and it's going to suck waiting 18 months to get to that point, but we'll get there. Wow. Um, and well said, um, my final thoughts, uh, man, yeah. Three to one to racing Louisville. I think yeah. the thing that's, the thing that I'm even struggling to like articulate or really like put my finger on is just like the fact that we were kind of pressing that we were, we did kind of like score a number of goals. Some of them got called back, you know, one existed. We had a lot of possession. We had a lot mm -hmm. of shots. We kind of, we did, we did a lot of good things, yeah. you know, again yeah. in this game and you just turn around and look at the result is like a resounding home defeat. <laughs> yeah the second to last place team and like i just feel like once that first like, goal went in it really did not feel like we were going to necessarily come back for them once they're for once they scored and that that puts maybe my word my my kind of one word for this game at like <clears throat> resilience like resilience yeah. was just not there like yeah. we 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 did not show toughness we did not show resilience we didn't mm -hmm. show hunger um, I think we kind of looked more like a team that was going through the motions, hoping for something good to happen as opposed yeah. to a team that was going to force good things to happen. Yeah. I think that's, I think that gets to the heart of it. It did not feel like a team that knew they could force the result they needed. Yeah. And like yeah. force the ref to make a call and force, yeah. you know, yeah. like force the goalie to make good saves and stuff. It was kind of just like, you know, sitting around like hoping that, that's uh, and even even the goal that we scored with like Endo hitting a ball off McCaskill's belly yeah. and it hitting the post and having like the wildest spin then, of all like, time. As this weird like, curve spin that brought it in, trickling <laughs> in. I mean, like even 
<laughs> that goal was so weird. And then like the cast it was. We have not talked about how weird that goal was. <laughs> by herself, and Endo's like hugging other teammates. Yet McCaskill gets credit for the goal and not <laughs> Endo. There's like a whole like hug fest going on with one player who's like not even getting credit for the the goal. And then it was just like a yeah. chaotic event. Um, players are down on the ground. Like that <laughs> was a wild sequence, and that was kind of. But I go to that as kind of like, yeah, I mean, we were like, we were forcing the issue and we got that goal. We were asking the right questions and we mm-hmm. got that goal. It was also tremendously lucky. Yeah. I mean, that deflection was big. <laughs> yeah, it was a massive deflection. Um, I think I do think June hit it well. I'm not going to say it was going to go in, but like, I do think she hit it well. But that was a huge deflection. <laughs> yeah. McCaskill is also dodging that shot as she like takes it in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not trying to like deflect it. That's a good point. <laughs> She's like, oh shit, oh, f- oh. Yeah. like hits her in the stomach. Oh. Um, oh, bummer. All right, well, let's wipe this taste from our mouth. Let's take a little break here. When we come back, we will be discussing um, the whole season and what we have to look forward to for Big our next game. Picture, y'all. Let's get it. All right. And welcome back, everyone. Um, we've had Kyle crunch in the numbers during the break, and um, we're going to ask him now, Kyle, what do we got to do to get into these damn playoffs? Well, as a film school graduate where all we do is crunch numbers, mm-hmm. this took me no time at all to figure out. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, if, a, if a film school grad can figure this out, you guys, it's pretty simple. It's not looking good. We got one game left, and we are not in the playoff spot. The math ain't mathin'. It, it ain't mathin' the way we want it to math. So the top six teams make it into the playoffs, and uh, we are currently in eighth. We are... Uh, Two points behind North Carolina and one point behind the Chicago Red Stars. Mm-hmm. We play the Chicago Red Stars, so if we win, we know we'll be ahead of them. But uh, we need North Carolina to lose, and then we will outright own the sixth spot. If they tie, we will be tied with them on points, assuming we win. This is all assuming we win. If we don't win, we're not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know actually what the first tiebreaker is. I would imagine it's head-to-head, which we might not God, I win. wish it was like number of celebrity owners. Yeah, you know? number of celebrity owners would be huge for us. It might then be goals scored, which I think they will beat us because their offense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really think we need to have that last spot outright. I don't think we want to go into the tiebreaker scenarios with North Carolina. And North Carolina plays San Diego, who's kind of dropped off a little bit, to be honest. They're only in fourth right now. <sighs> yeah, I mean, like, typically, like, we would look at that and, like, with how well they played, especially at the beginning half of the season, and be like, chalk that up to a San Diego win. But yeah. I'm looking at this league now, like, it's the damn NFL, where it's just like, 
oh, it's 50-50 every game. You really have no idea. It's a coin flip. Like Carolina's won home, four out of their way, last five. They're they're so hot right now. <laughs> um Dabinia's coming off a hat trick. Yeah. Um yeah. she's I mean, like, yeah. It's Last it's man, gonna be I mean, really tough. Yeah. This yeah. loss, I think, really kind of did it. Yeah. This pat the uh, uh two days ago to to Louisville. I think that really really did it for us. Uh, yeah, I mean, you really just can't lay an egg like that at home. Like, it was just... Yeah. That was just like... Man, that was bad. Man, mm-hmm. that was bad. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the crazy thing, too, is like, you know, watching that game there, watching it back on, um, this is such a good league. Like, it top is. to bottom. <laughs> like, if like that's those, one of the second... Is that second to worst in the league? <laughs> that is just not a bad team. No. Like, at all. You know, they were organized. Um, like, they, they were, were really definitely organized. a team. Like, yeah. Um, what's her name? 14 McDonald. Yeah. Was, was like, looking very threatening. Um, but it obviously... It also, like, wasn't a one-man show. Mm-hmm. You know? I did not think that it was just kind of like, oh, if we lock this one person down, right. they won't be threatening. I mean, right. even the last goal that they took, that girl, like, took the ball out of the air and then on the one hop just like rifles it into the back post. I'm like, shit. Like (laughs) if they're scoring goals like that, like we are just not, we are not making plays like that. Yeah. You know, to, to win that game. We were not like the exceptional goal, like whatever type of like good luck or good spirits we had kind of exercised like the game prior, like we had ran out of the, of Michael's secret stuff or whatever. Yeah. We, yeah, we used it all up. All the juju went into those team goals last, last game or two games ago at this point, but yeah. Tough. But so looking ahead anyway, we're washing that out. It's over. It's done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We blew it at home. Also the really tough thing too, is like, it's at home. Like, come on. Like we've been doing, like, see, we, we've been bringing these incredible crowds to this like, yeah. home performance. I don't want us bringing incredible crowds to, like, add anxiety to our team. Yeah. I mean, right. holy shit. Like, get the sports psychologists in yeah. and, like, doing work overtime to get these girls to understand that, like, this should elevate your play. They yeah. should get you more hyped to be here. Not like, oh, fuck, we got, like, 20,000 people watching this game. Like, hope we don't fuck up. Like... No, like we got 20,000 people here. We're all screaming, cheering for you, for you yeah. guys. Like get a boost from it, get a lift from it somehow. Not like dread about like, what are we going to do? You know, especially like with the state of the Lakers, Clippers, and like kind of Chargers, wheels are like a little loose on the Chargers. Um, you know, LA's in a spot where they could really get some like, PR in the press in like the LA sports press right now, if they had gotten like into the playoffs in their first year, mm-hmm. like I think there's a bit of a missed opportunity there too in like the grander LA sports scene. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. I think I mean they're the, writing articles yeah. about what a success the first season was, and of course, totally. like they're going to be putting little asterisks and footnotes there of like, and they barely missed the playoffs, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. but like. <laughs> I mean, you know, to be optimistic, we did say that we wanted to have meaningful games towards the end of the season. And, and we took a look at this roster and we were like, this is not like clearly one of the better teams in the league. And I mean, soccer is a, a really difficult game. 
Like it it's is. a really difficult game to to win if you're the stronger side, if you're the weaker side, if you're I mean, so many things can happen in these games, soft PK calls, harsh PK calls, like mm-hmm. so many variables, like, you know, especially with no VAR, like human error is going to be like a huge part of the real, game. Really, you know, real. so you're really going to have to win outright. Um, I mean, it's, it's a difficult game to win. It's one of the reasons that, you know, I kind of complain about this American idea of like fairness and equality across like rosters and everything. Yeah, parody. Parody. I mean, like soccer is not a sport that needs parody to be close. Yeah. Like um, the game will the game will even it out. I mean, even if you have stacked teams, like if you're defending with eleven people and like running a conservative kind of game style you know, you're going to have a chance against like anyone. Like if you totally. come in with kind of cynical tactics of like, well, we're not going to win this game, but we're going to be sure that they don't win this game. Exactly. You know? uh, and I think it really, really is a sport where a team can like add up greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Like a re- six people can defend an entire team in soccer. If those yeah. six know how to position themselves and like know where they're okay with the other team having the ball, yeah. So um, I think I think you really nailed it though. Is like it's just there's so many other variables that at the end of the day, like focusing on like roster spend parity and making sure it's the same across the teams, like doesn't end up giving us what we want, and we don't need it to get what we want. Yeah, and I mean this is a. Not you want to be good, formed. make a make an academy. <laughs> like, yeah, soccer is the only sport you can literally produce players where you are uh-huh. not dependent on anyone else. Yeah, have your have your like youth league that you're working if, all the way up to the top team. If you're yeah. signing one youth player like every other year, that's gonna be huge. Mm-hmm. You have to scout less, and you get so many like players playing on contracts not that they're what they're worth, and that's not even in a malicious way. But like, if you sign an eighteen-year-old to a three-year contract by twenty-one, if they really develop, they're not they're playing way higher than what that contract is, and that's just mm-hmm. the nature of the game. Mm-hmm. So you find years where you get three youth players that are contributing on low contracts, and then you go out and spend a little extra that year, and you have your special year. So is there any indication that that's going to be even like happening in the women's game though? I don't know actually. That was one thing I was going to bring up as like kind of maybe an off-season project, but like there's no real academy presence or talk in the NWSL. Yeah. Um which I find all. really interesting. Um Yeah. Cuz like MLS I think we've mentioned this on, on previous episodes is like the women in in the U.S. have no problem producing talented players. That's it's like true. There isn't the men really created the academy yeah. system because yeah. we weren't able to compete internationally, and there was a clear yeah. talent gap. Totally, and like totally. that's that's just not the case, you know. With with women, like these, dude, the girls in college soccer right now are it's it's getting better and better every year. Well, and that's the thing is it's it's interesting because it's even different too from the men because it's a college soccer focused youth pipeline and the men mm-hmm. like college soccer really isn't the main through line to the pros anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but with women it is. And now with the NIL, that's even cool. That's like mm-hmm. great because they can be benefiting before they're in the league even. 
mm-hmm. and they can build a brand and a presence that'll help them negotiate their their contract. Yeah. Um Yeah, and I mean it's yeah. Well, so and then the point that I was going to make as well too with this like if if I'm connecting all these dots here between what I'm bitching about <laughs> through line through <laughs> what I'm bitching about is like you know coming into this off season like what could we do to prevent a similar kind of like lackluster performance from like an at home Angel City team like what would right. that look like next year right and I think right. like one of these things I've been kind of bitching about you know all season is like just like a lack of firepower. Mm-hmm. And so, like at the same time, like if Louisville's coming to town, and our roster is looking about as even as their roster, and we're the at-home team with like twenty-two thousand fans, and they're even, yeah. Like there's, it's like we're actually kind of like behind the curve there because yeah. like we we need to be like if you look at that on paper, it's kind of like we need to be stronger. Totally. Like we should be the ones with the advantage, but just the way that like the parody and the idea of parody and like and then injuries on top of that. I mean, if we went in that game with Press and LaRue and Endo up top, yeah. I think we're feeling pretty confident. But like mm-hmm. having lost those players, so it is like we do have that. We do have a leg up on a lot of teams if that's who because those would be big names on our on our roster like two really big names up top that other teams like don't boast that totally totally yeah but then even when when they come back dude like they're gonna be two bigger names like on the latter side of their careers Mm -hmm. like if not like the very tail end of their careers LaRue definitely more so than press yeah, but she's even, even older. Press is going to be like what, thirty-three? Press will be like thirty-three, coming off of ACL. Yeah, Larue's like in a full-on boot. Like God knows where her injury even is. You know, yeah. it seems like it's not sickness anymore. <laughs> it's the ankle <laughs> sickness or something sickness anymore. Um, so I think Sarah Gordon also just turned thirty. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, like I don't love that. Like I, yeah. I don't feel like this roster is like particularly stacked. You know, Endo is probably our most talented young player. McCaskill's yeah, because I think older. even McCaskill, I think is like twenty eight. I don't think she's considered a young player. No, McCaskill's not a young. She's been in the league for a minute. Yeah. Um, Spencer is like this is maybe her last hurrah completely. Right. Um, Riley's definitely know, a veteran. Riley's yeah. So we we have an older team. So like that's that makes this this kind of like playoff push having not gone so well. It hurts a little bit more because yeah. we were really looking to get a lot out of veteran players. It's, it's and, definitely a a win now squad in terms of like construction. Yeah, and that's why I'm like a little bit a little bit sad thinking about prospects of kind of this being like a learning opportunity like yeah i'm not exactly That's sure fair. we're learning a whole bunch from this game like the younger players are kind of going to take this and like recognize a familiar sour taste moving forward <laughs> yeah. like i'm not sure that this is like a building block that that we would want it to be although i appreciate your your optimism there with that trying yeah trying you know i think yeah, Spencer's 32. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Um, yeah, no, I think this is a really fair point. And I think 
I'm really curious to see if they're going to do the no trade commitment again. They won't. That, there's no way they. There's no way they like, can do that again. I think that really screwed them. <laughs> yeah, but I I also totally agree with it, and I appreciate where they were coming from from that. I mean, there's a lot totally. of things that the front office did right this totally. year. There's there's a few totally. that they did completely wrong. I mean, even before the game, we were still talking about the freaking Katie Cousins signing and like they're blasting got, out like, her, a her happy birthday, birthday post. What? Like, dude, y'all fucked up. Do not try to double down on this shit and act like, oh, it's all good or whatever. And like, dude, so much hate on, on Twitter and stuff like that because like, yeah, fucking she started it. So like, I yeah. mean, my also concern is like, we have a lot of international roster slots sitting on the bench. Yeah, I mean, what is the deal with the whole like um, goalie signing? The that, goalies, like, like she was starting a, a Champions signing. League final. We, you and don't they buy get on the her field. to bench her, and yeah, so it's weird. That, yeah, so then it would be like, yeah, trade her if you're not going to use her. But then, like, are we going to use her, or what? What? What was the plan ever with that? What? Yeah, Swaby got no minutes, none, none. Mary Taylor uses an international roster spot. Stefan Ginkle uses an international roster spot. And they got Mary Taylor and her maybe got 45, 90 minutes total all season in a league game. This is not including Stephanie's three appearances in two <laughs> exhibition games. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she, she really did not turn out to be producing like we thought she would. Yeah. So it's like... I think I think depth is a big uh, talking point, or I think big de depth should be a big talking point for the for the club this offseason, and not yeah. even like a top to bottom depth, but like we were we were talking about it like like we struggle with Le Bahan being the fourth midfielder, and behind her there's definitely no one, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like we don't even have a first off the bench really for the midfield that we're happy with. Yeah. Well, so, our, our midfield might be the core that, that we build this team off of. I'm trying to look at, at age. Um, yeah. So McCaskill's actually 26, but Weatherholt's 28. Bahan is 27. Ricaro's 28. And I think it's 21, 22. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's not even particularly young either, but I mean, that's, that's more to, to the point of like, this isn't a very young team. It's so 22 is um, like the last year. I think you're considered a young player. Yeah. That when you're 23, you're now kind of in your, yeah. in the middle. Yeah. And there's higher expectations for sure. Like that's the yeah. one thing that really gives Endo a pass for me this year is like, she was 21, 22, moving to the U.S., playing pro soccer for a first-year team. I will give her a one-season pass for, like, statistical non-participation. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like she really only had stats the first game at the first home game and the last home game. I think those were the only games she really had, like, stats for goals and assists. Yeah. Um, that is so funny. And like, what a stat to log in that last game of, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. I, that's a stat. Uh, exactly. Exactly. 
Exactly. No, that's that's wild. Yeah, after the first game, we were like, oh my god, well, she's going to score a goal a game. Yeah, we're like, like MVP, possible know. MVP. <laughs> yeah, MVP candidate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's so funny. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what happens to her as a player and what I mean, I, I'm nervous to see what happens to her as a player too, because this whole kind of like getting moved back to defense like somewhat frequently towards the second half of the season. Given um, what Freya's already done with Lucy and Spencer, especially. Oh my god, dude, she's gonna try to get her to like, fill in for Allie Riley. Like with a coach that has already tried or not tried converted two attackers to outside backs. That's something that's a real concern. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't know exactly what, what their plans will be going forward. Um, And then like the other thing I'm really curious about is like, okay, Sarah Gordon comes back. Like, are we going to keep this many center backs and still only do a two center back system? Like, like, we're struggling with the number of center backs currently in a two center back system. So adding a def- possible defender of the year to that and still only doing two center backs would be weird. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, dude, I mean, and, w- and we we'll guess said- Gilles left. So it is still only four, but it's like still, but I think she's coming back for next season though. It's a loan. I forget how long the loan is for, but she will be coming back eventually. Yeah. I mean, but even at the same time, it's like I would have said, "Well, that's cool. We could do Nielsen and Reed." Like, I don't yeah. really mind. But then in this last game, they had their worst performances of the season, and so yeah. now I'm kind of like, "Well, yeah, maybe I do mind." Like, if we were looking at Gilles and Gordon in the middle, um, <laughs> that would be, you know, baller. I mean, like that's that's like a really strong center back combo, and and, and at a certain point, like <laughs> we'd probably want that. You know, so yeah, um, I, I I could see us keeping around maybe one of Nielsen or Reed as insurance policy, right. um, but yeah, I mean that was that was one of our stronger positions. I just hate to to end the year um, at home with uh, performance like that where we're letting in so many goals. That was not the way that we had really been playing for the whole season. But yeah, um, that is a bit of an anomaly. We don't but it's normally a bummer, give up it, three. Yeah, and it's it's not how we wanted to go out. Um, but, yeah, our losses were normally like one nothing. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think I think looking at this team, I think we're gonna have massive questions at outside back um, because I'm not sure if we can count on Riley or Spencer to return. Um, we're gonna have massive questions up top, as in like are our forwards like actually healthy enough to like come back and produce mm-hmm. like if they end up going down again what's our backup plan i yeah. think at this point we could say that if we're really going to rely on like emsley and charlie to like score enough goals to get us into the playoffs like that's not actually good enough i i don't think that we can rely yeah. on that i mean if you look at some of the other teams in the league and who they have up top and kind of what those players are capable of. I feel like that is a little bit of a drop off. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's also the other thing. Press isn't coming back until halfway through next season. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be doing it mostly without, without you know? press. So I think we got to have major upgrades to the attack. Basically, I would say. Yeah. And again, then like I was trying to argue earlier, like our crowd is so good. Mm-hmm. We need to have the best attack in the league. 
Like mm-hmm. our crowd deserves the best attack in the league. We're the best crowd in the league. Totally. Totally. No, you're right. And I don't you know exactly wrong. who that means. You ain't wrong. <laughs> um, I don't yeah. know exactly who that means or what those signings are going to be. I mean, like I said, there's so much talent in college soccer. Um, draft. There's gonna We're going to have our first round drafts, pick this year. But I do not want to be drafting undersized players. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's what we did this year is like our our younger players just looked like tiny. We know, also though the field. gave up our first round pick. So we were our first picks were like second or third round, I think. Right. But you but, you would agree with yes. the point that I'm making. Though, oh, totally. Right? No, no, like, definitely. You know, definitely. Lily Nabbit got out there, looked good and stuff, but she just looked like way smaller than everybody on the field. And <laughs> I think Freya so clearly like values size. I mean, that's why Lebahan is out there. Like she's just mm-hmm. looks the part. She's big, she's tall. Um, all of our midfielders are big and tall. You know, Ricaro's huge. Weatherholt's really tall. McCaskill's yeah. big. You know, our center backs were big and tall. Totally. Um, for the most yeah. part, our forwards. Yeah, 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 I no. mean, Charlie was yeah, and, and Emsley's Lucy, tall. Um, Emsley's tall. Okay. I mean, I don't think of her as short, at least. Yeah. Um. But so. yeah, I mean, if as long as we're we're valuing kind of like height like that, I mean. Let's be sure to go out there and keep that going. And I'm not mad at that. Like I like having a big tall team. Totally. Uh, like being more physical. I mean, it's still like, you know, it's a young player's game. And if you're way more athletic than the other team, you're you're sitting pretty. Yeah. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Um, we got one more to go, guys. Playoffs are still possible. We still will need possible. some help. Um Really we need to make to, all the sacrifices to the soccer gods this week. Yeah. Do do whatever you got to do. Um, big thank you, everybody, for listening this season, for I'd sending say this us was messages. A good like, and successful first season. This was for the great, pod. Man. Um, and for the Kyle, season, you, were, the you were awesome, man. I love chatting Loved to you. Loved doing this. this. Great. You're great. You um, keep it moving. You're the host extraordinaire. Man. And hey, and I make a good margarita too, right? Yes. We didn't even get into the margaritas before last game. (laughs) Those had us, we were planted in our seats. (laughs) Firmly. Firmly. (laughs) Um, I love it, man. Well, yeah, this was a blast. Thank you so much, um, everybody, for listening, for tuning in. Go Angel City. Go Angel Can't City. Can't wait to see what happens in this off season. We'll probably have um, to do one or two check-in apps just when, when there's new and noteworthy absolutely. Uh, moments. There's talk of a Urban Pitch episode. Ooh, um, yeah. That potential, we would love potential to do. crossover. Um, and um, and yeah, just like the the atmosphere was incredible, like all season. This is why we got tickets. Why we got excited. Um, the stadium was great. The vibes were great. Um, this was this was a great season of soccer. Totally um, can't wait for what's to come. Really, just hope that this roster becomes like an absolute juggernaut. Angel City needs to be number one. They got to. It's it's going to be a big off season for the front office. Like I'm, it's I'm curious. I'm curious. It is. They saw what it was. I think um, as far as like support and fan base goes, they could not have gotten a better response. And so it's really on them to put out like um, an incredible team now. Yeah. You know, to take advantage of it. But um, 
Thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, I'm at Jeremy Rist on Twitter, J-E-R-E-M-Y-R-I-S-T. This is Kyle. I'm ScobleVision on Twitter, S-C-O-B-L-E, Vision. And, um, and yeah, connect with us and send us messages. Let us know what you think we should be doing this off season and don't be, be sure afraid to, to talk shit. Yeah. Don't be afraid to talk shit. Stay glued to your screens. And uh, hopefully we got some playoff soccer coming up. Exactly. We shall see. Exactly. Later y'all. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.